Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. I'm your Bible teacher today, and we are in Mark chapter 16. We are at the tomb, the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are with these godly, these courageous, these brave women who have went to anoint his body. And they cannot believe it. The stone has been rolled away. And what we are going to see in our text today is the angel of God is going to tell them, go tell his disciples and Peter. There's going to be something very special for us to discover there. And the Lord wants them to go to Galilee. That's what he told them many times in the Gospels. And the angel says, tell his disciples and Peter to go to Galilee. The Lord is going to go ahead of them and meet them there. And you know what we're going to see today, my friends? The disciples did not obey. They stayed in Jerusalem. And what we are going to learn is that even in times, even in seasons of our life, that we're, we are not obeying Jesus. We're, we're not doing exactly what we ought to do. You know what Jesus did? He didn't write his disciples off. He didn't abandon them. He didn't walk away from them. You know what he did? He spoke peace to them, and he told them the unthinkable. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And you know what? So it is with your life today and mine. The Lord isn't writing you off. The Lord isn't walking away from you. He has not abandoned you. No matter what kind of disobedience you may find yourself in, no matter if you have walked away from the Lord, He is not walking away from you. There are great lessons that we're going to learn in these precious verses of Scripture, and I hope that it touches your life or someone that you know today. If you know someone who's away from the Lord, I hope that you'll consider sending this to them and encouraging them to listen. Well, if you have enjoyed my collection of teachings through the book of Mark, I would love to send you uh, all of these sermons in one packet, and you can find that out on our website if you would like to uh, give a gift toward the airtime of Awaken to Grace as we are on many, many platforms preaching the gospel as far and wide as we can. When you purchase a product from us, whether it's a music album whether it's a sermon collection of teachings or if it's a book, when you purchase a product from us, 100% of that gift goes to the spreading of the gospel. So I would love for you to be part of that. If you would like to become a grace giver and you would like to stand shoulder to shoulder with us as God is giving us many platforms to teach his word to this culture, we are seeing people we know from listener feedback that, People are responding. People are coming to Christ. Christians are growing in their faith. If you would want to be part of that, I want to invite you to my website, awakenedtograce.com. Click the link that says Grace Givers. Let's connect and let's share God's Word together. Well, today we're going to be in Mark chapter 16 on this edition of Awakened to Grace. show you their fault. Let me show you what's wrong in the text. Jesus told all of his followers, I will be put to death and I will rise. When? In three days. They didn't believe it. They didn't go to the tomb expecting a resurrection. Why would they have purchased all of the spices? 
Why would their conversation be, who shall roll away the stone for us? They, they, they didn't. They didn't go expecting a miracle. They went expecting the natural. Friends, may I propose to you that we are in the same boat today? I want you to hear my heart today. These women, although they had great affection for Jesus, they also had unbelief. Now say amen if you're with me right now, because I want to teach you something. The enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ remembered the words and the promise of Jesus when his followers didn't. Matthew chapter 27, verses 64 and 65, the chief priests and the rulers went to Pontius Pilate and they said, we need you to put guards at the tomb. Why? Because his followers may steal his body, claim a resurrection, and the second fraud will be worse than the first. The second deception will be worse than the first. We need you to guard it. And the Bible says that not only did he station two guards there, two Roman guards, but what did they do? They sealed the tomb. Friends, it is a sad commentary when the enemies of Jesus believe his promise more than his followers. And could that be us today? We are here on Resurrection Sunday. Our affections are for Jesus. Our worship is unto Jesus. But where is our faith? These women went expecting to see a stone, not the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And is that us? We come to church expecting the same old, same old. And never expecting God to do what God promises he will do. Let me tell you what's happening in our church right now. There is an explosion of faith. An explosion. An explosion. Why? It's more than numerical growth. Yes, there's tremendous numerical growth happening right now. Tremendous. But see, that's not the real thing that's going on. It's spiritual growth that's happening. Amen. Our faith is growing. And I believe we are on the cusp of seeing God do unbelievable things. We will highlight it in the article next Sunday that comes out in the Times. April 4th, if I have my date correct, I believe it was April 4th. It may have been April 6th. Sadie and I get a phone call. One of the most precious people in our church. We, we, we love her. And, oh, we love her family. and She's just one of my favorite people on the planet. And we get a phone call that she just got back from her doctor and a visible mass had appeared on the left side of her neck. And her doctor said, I believe it's cancer. They scheduled four biopsies with two pathologists. And we went to pray over her. And I laid my hands on her neck and I could feel, Sadie said she could see it, and I could feel that mass. It was tightening her airways. And we prayed. And let me tell you, 
You're fasting. You're praying. You're believing. And that mass dissolved. Gone. Completely gone. So much gone that they told her to come in for another evaluation. And guess what? It's gone. Pastor Bill, some of you know, tore his meniscus. Waited from October till January to be seen by an orthopedic surgeon. Walked in and as soon as he sat down in so much pain, walking on a walker, sat down, made him wait that many months and sat down and immediately said, no, we're not willing to do the surgery. Crushed him. What's he going to do? He can't have it repaired. He can't have it operated. What, what, what's, what is he going to do? On February 24th, we laid hands on him. Sadie sat in the floor and she had her hands on his left knee. And she said she began to feel his knee shaking and trembling. And let me tell you, God repaired that meniscus. Amen. He no longer walks on a walker. Amen. Do we expect God to move? Or do we look at our marriage and all we see is a stone? Do we look at our wayward son or daughter and do all we see is the stone? Do we look at the addiction and all we see is a stone? Do we look at the diagnosis and all we can see is that large stone that no one has the ability to move? Sometimes it is God's people who all we can see is the stone and we can't see anything else. But I'm telling you what's different in the season we're in right now. I'm telling you what's different in the 40-day fast we are in right now. I'm telling you what is different about these next three weeks. What's so different about the Healing Sunday is that this is not man-produced. This is not manufactured by the staff. I'm telling you this is a move of God and God alone. Amen. And our responsibility is to activate our faith and say, God, I'm not going looking for the stone. I'm going looking for your word and your promise. As faithful as these women were, they weren't looking for the promise. They were looking at the stone. See, the way that these were made. This would have been a very large round stone, almost like a millstone. And they would have dug a deep trench underneath it. And it would have been on an incline. And you could have more easily rolled the stone down. But what you could not do is very easily roll the stone up. And furthermore, it's sealed. And furthermore, there's two Roman soldiers. But what do the other gospel accounts tell us? An angel of God descended. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Like lightning, bright as could be. So much so that those two Roman soldiers fell as dead men. And the angel of God rolled that stone back, broke the seal. No problem, no trouble, no issue. 
Let me tell you, my friend, you may have a stone today. You may have an impossibility today. You may be facing a circumstance today that no man has the ability to help you. No man can repair it. No man has the solution. No man can fix your mess. But let me tell you, God is the God of the impossible. Amen. And with him, nothing is impossible. So these women, verse 4, they look up and all of a sudden the stone is rolled back. Where are the guards? The guards must have come to and already left. They're in trouble. Their necks are gone. And you can read the account and what happened to them. The Sanhedrin bought them off. But the guards, they're gone. And watch this. Verse 5. And entering the tomb. You would have had to duck down to go in. Friends, let me tell you something. The stone was not rolled back to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled back to let a lost and an unbelieving world in. And these women enter in. They go in. And sitting there is this angel. Now again... Mark says there's one. Luke says there's two. Watch the discrepancy. I think the reason Mark penned this, he's the only one who spoke. And the angel said, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He's not here. <laughs> he's risen. Look what he says in verse 7. Very important. But go, tell the disciples and Peter. Oh, how precious that is. Do you remember last week we walked to the Garden of Gethsemane and through the trial of Jesus and how Peter denied him three times before the cock crowed twice? Remember that? Remember the scripture says that Peter fell apart. He broke down. The Bible says he wept bitterly. The Bible never records Peter speaking again from the time he denied Jesus until they're in Galilee in John 21 and they're on the shore with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, they see Jesus and Peter's in the flippin' sea. And when he knows it's Jesus, he throws his cloak off and he jumps out of the boat into the sea. Maybe he thought he could walk on water again. I don't know. But, I mean, he jumps out into the water because he... Oh, he had to get to Jesus. Oh, I love Peter. I love Peter. I love him. Peter died that night that he denied him. Something happened in Peter. He died. I think when Christ was crucified on the cross, I think Peter took 100% responsibility. I think Peter, even though it's not right, even though it's not true, Acts 4, 27, 28, it was God's predestined plan. Peter didn't know that. And I think Peter felt... As if he had stood up for Jesus, things would have been different. I think Peter felt like no one blew it in the history of mankind like he did. And what does the angel say? Go tell his disciples and Peter. Friends, God has a way of shoring us up. God has a way of meeting us at the point of our need. God has a way that when we have failed... And when we have blown it, God has a way of restoring us. Amen. Let me tell you, some of you in your heart of hearts, you're running from the Lord right now. 
In your heart of hearts, you feel like you've gone too far. In your heart of hearts, you feel like God has written you off. Peter felt like he had been written off, but no, no. The angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter. How precious. But again, the disciples didn't obey. Boy, the patience of Jesus. What did Jesus tell them all through the Gospels? I will die, I'll raise in three days, and I'll meet you in Galilee. That's very important. But do you know where all of Jesus, where his appearances were prior to John 21? They were all in Jerusalem. Do you know why all of his appearances were in Jerusalem? Because his people didn't listen. The angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter, he'll go on ahead of you, meet him in Galilee. But they didn't. Where were they? John 21. They were in a locked room in Jerusalem. Again, they didn't obey. And let me tell you, let me give you the good gospel news today. Some of you are not obeying Jesus. Some of you, you're doing opposite of what you should be doing right now. Some of you are stubborn, prideful, and hard-hearted. And yet Jesus is not writing you off. Jesus goes in Jerusalem. They're not supposed to be in Jerusalem. They're supposed to be in Galilee. And Jesus appears through the wall. The doors are locked. Now remember, this is the first time Jesus is going to address his followers after they scattered in the Garden of Gethsemane. They all forsook him. And rather than Jesus laying down the law, rather than Jesus giving them the tongue lashing that they deserved, Do you know what Jesus says? Peace unto you. All of you today who you have failed God. All of you today who are living in your pride and your arrogance. All of you today who are doing opposite of what the Lord Jesus Christ would have you do now. Do you know what he's saying to you this morning? Peace. Peace into your life. And then he says the most unbelievable thing. He didn't say, boys, y'all are cowards. You know what? He says the exact opposite. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, friends, that's remarkable. And then later they do go to Galilee. And that's where Jesus appears before 500 of his followers. And you know the rest of the gospel story. But then we come to verse 8 once again. Now, Mark says some interesting things here. And most scholars don't understand it. I've, I've listened to loads of, uh, of commentary on this. And most scratch their heads and they, don't, they can't make sense of it. They say, they say why would Mark... So abruptly stop. And more so with astonishment, amazement, and fear, and trembling. Why? Well, friends, let me say this as I begin to close today. Do you remember weeks and weeks ago when we were in Mark 1? Jesus is in the synagogue and he begins to preach right before the man with leprosy is healed. And what do they say about him? They were amazed at him. Do you remember in Mark 2 when the paralytic was lowered down from the roof and he, and he healed him and he forgave his sin? Do you remember what the crowd, they were amazed. 
astonished. Do you remember the demoniac man that Christ cast out the legion of demons out of and the people were afraid? Do you remember Jairus' daughter when she was 12 years old and she had died and Christ raised her from the dead and the people were astonished? Do you remember blind Bartimaeus and how God opened his blind eyes and the people were utterly amazed? Do you remember when Jesus calmed the sea and the disciples were afraid and said, who is this man? Do you remember when Jesus was before Pontius Pilate and he would not answer him a word and Pontius Pilate was astonished? What a perfect way to end his gospel. The women were amazed, astonished, bewildered, stunned. Are you in awe of Jesus? Has he made that big of a difference in you? That he has changed the way you're living right now? Some of you need to encounter Jesus. Not the Jesus of your childhood. Not the Jesus of your teenage years. Not the Jesus that you've grown used to. Some of you need to encounter the real, the risen Lord Jesus. And Mark has led us to a decision point. You're going to go on with life and your pursuits? Or are you going to follow Jesus? Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. What will you do today? Will you yield your life to Him? Will you grow and expand your faith? Are you going to be like these women? Are you going to have an affection for Jesus but not belief? You know, Satan, he is taking far more serious the word of God in your life than most of us are. Stop that today and say, no, God, I'm going to begin to believe your word. I'm going to act upon your word. I'm going to shake the complacency off of myself and off of my family. I'm going to wipe the drowsiness out of my spiritual eyes. And I'm going to follow you as never before. Right now in your heart of hearts, I want you to pray right now and yield yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to come to this altar today, you're most welcome to come. You can sit right here on the platform. You can stand. You can kneel. You can do whatever you need. But if you want to yield yourself today, if you want to say, God, I want to grow my faith. God, I want to, I want to take you at your word. God, I want you to step in. and I don't want a religion, Jesus. I want the resurrected Jesus. You come right now. Right now. Those of you watching online, you pray right now. Encounter the real Jesus. Come right now. Don't walk out of these doors the exact same way you walked in. Lead your family.
Lead your family and yield yourself to the resurrected Jesus. Not the religious Jesus you've always known. There's no power in that. But there's power in the resurrected Jesus. There's no transformation in the religious Jesus of your past. But friends, there's life change in the resurrected Jesus of now. Let Mark lead you to a decision point and yield yourself today. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. Awakentograce.com slash store.